Sichas, volume 18, the fifth Sicha on Korach, part B, title, A Complete Redemption. One of the most amazing experiences in the Rebbe's teaching is the oneness that the Rebbe brings among all the different worlds of Torah, the Talmudic, Halachic, and Esoteric branches, and with this even including the world of science. More precisely, others before the Rebbe, for example Maimonides, had written extensively on many different branches of Torah and knowledge. However, Maimonides' philosophy is in a book called Guide for the Perplexed. His Talmudic in his Pirush his halachic work in his magnus opus, Mishneh Torah, and his medical work in his writings of Sefer Harifua. By the Rebbe, not only do we have all of the above, but even more so the integration in which questions within one branch of Torah is elucidated and resolved through other branches of the Torah. Taking it yet even one notch higher, the Rebbe integrates historical events explaining their details through all the branches of Torah as well. Here is one such example in connection with the teaching explained in the article, Korach's War Demystified. The Historical Event Rabbi Yosef Yitzhak Olobavitch, the Fritik Rebbe, of who the Rebbe referred to the Rebbe, the father-in-law, was arrested in 1927 by the NKVD through their Jewish members of the Yevisetska branch for his underground work of keeping Judaism and especially Chedorim, Ch- um, Torah schools for young children, alive under, nefer- under the nefarious Stalin regime. The entire history is found in the previous Rebbe's diary. The arrest took place on the night of the 15th of Sivan, which was June 14 in 1927, after which on the 3rd of Tammuz, which was July 3rd of 1927, the original verdict of the death penalty was commuted to a sentence of exile. I quote, Tuesday morning, you must appear before the head of the GPU in the city of Kastrama. You will be in his custody for a period of three years until June 15, 1930. End. On the 12th and 13th of Thomas, which was July 12th and 13th of 1927, the lo- I quote again, the local GPU official greeted him. You are totally freed from the need of any further appearance. The order has been received to grant you full freedom and are regarded as a personal privilege to be the first one to inform you of your complete amnesty. End of quote from the previous Rebbe's diary. Now, on the 3rd of Tammuz, before departing to Kastrama, the previous Rebbe turned to Hasidim and said, quote, We raise our lips in prayer to God. May Lord our God be with us as he was with our ancestors, to neither forsake nor abandon us. And he will in fact be with us through our merit, though our merit is not comparable to that of our ancestors who endured intense, in actuality, self-sacrifice for the sake of Torah and its mitzvot. Now, the Torah teaching that we're going to connect here and integrate. Korach's demand against the Kihuna, priesthood of Aaron and his offspring, and God's responses were, one, the Kohen should be completely disconnected from the world, hence the physical gifts to the Kohen are of the sacrifices which are entirely transformed to holy upon the altar. Number two, the connection of Kohen's holiness and the Israelites' mundane physical possessions is even when the gift to the Kohen is not sacred but may be used by the Kohen for personal pleasure, hence the gifts to the Kohen of the Teruma and the tithing to the Levite.
And number three, the ultimate connection is not in the portion of the mundane physical that God commanded to give to holiness, the Kohen or the Levite, but in that which remains by the Israelite. And nevertheless, he uses it only in a fashion that God wants him to. Now, what's the integration? Being that in most years, the third of Thomas coincides with the with the Parsha of the uh, Korach, we must see how the above Torah teaching explains A, the previous Rebbe's redemption from the death sentence while still subjected to Stalin's nature of being held captive in Kastrama, and B, the words of the previous Rebbe to Hasidim on that day before departing to Kastrama. So, now let's go ahead and see some interesting, deeper insights to the teaching. Hasidus explains that in the understanding of the unity of God, there are three dimensions. Number one, the unity of God is one from the from below to above, meaning the higher unification. In this paradigm, the below is ascending into the true conscious of the above, in which even after the below was brought into existence, it embraces total self-negation just as before they were brought into existence. The service of God that comes forth from this paradigm of unity is that of the righteous who separate themselves from all worldly matters. Number two, the unity of God is one from the from above to below, lower unification. In this paradigm, the above is descending into the conscious of the below, meaning that the world is an existence, only that this existence is one of godliness. The service of God that comes forth from this paradigm of unity, in which one engages in worldly matters, only that he does so with godly intentions. Nevertheless, there is the clear recognition that godliness and worldliness are two different realms. And then the third dimension, which is the unity of the high unification and the lower unification. In this paradigm, unity, understanding, and, to, and the service of God are one in which there is a palatable recognition that the very physical existence, actions, and pleasures become godliness. With this, we can understand the connection between Parshat Korach and specifically the third of Tammuz stage of the redemption of the previous Rebbe. On the 12th and 13th of Tammuz, when the previous Rebbe was completely liberated and left the former Soviet Union completely, he went to Poland, it was not absolutely recognizable that the below that arrested him are in compliance with the work of the previous Rebbe and his dissemination of Hasidus within their domain. It is precisely in the redemption of the third of Thomas when he was sent to Kastrama within their domain. And even before the previous Rebbe arrived there, he had organized for a cheder, a mikvah, and then he delivered their new teachings of Hasidus. That we are witnessing how the very below, in their lowest stage of holding the previous Rebbe prisoner, and nevertheless are agreeing to his work of and for the above. This is the ultimate answer to Korach's mistake in wanting to separate the above high priest and all of Kahuna from the below, the congregation and their physical possessions. That even that which remains mundane, the ultimate below, the portion that is not given to the Kohen is openly for the sole purpose of in all your ways know him and all your actions be for the sake of heaven.
With this, we can now explore the teaching of the previous Rebbe to his Hasidim before departing for Kastrama. Let's start with questions. A. He said, May Lord, which Lord is the Havaya, the ineffable tetragrammaton. Our God, our God is Elokeinu, the shield upon Havaya. So he said, May Lord our God be with us. It is understood why there has to be a special prayer that Havaya, which is transnatural, made up of the words was, is, and will be, Hoya, Hoive, Vigiya, as one. There needs to be a special prayer to bat, for that to be with us in nature. However, why must there be a special prayer for that Elokeinu, which is the life force of the natural, of who unto him is the power within the upper and lower worlds? Why must there be a prayer that that level be with us? Especially when the very name Elokeinu, suffix nu means our God, meaning that God is already with us. Question B, to neither forsake nor abandon us. Now, the prayer of be with us is already far greater than the continuance of the prayer to neither forsake nor abandon us. Question C. Through our, though our merit is not comparable to that of our ancestors who endured intense self-sacrifice in actuality for the sake of Torah and mitzvot. How can the previous Rebbe say, say this when he just went through self-sacrifice in actuality for the sake of Torah and its mitzvahs? Now, even if he, in his humility, wants to say that his self-sacrifice was not like that of his ancestors, however, why emphasize the inactuality when he, too, just did so? The explanation. The previous Rebbe wrote concerning his redemption, and I quote, it's a letter written one year from the day that he was arrested, the 15th of Sivan, 1928. It was not myself alone that the Holy One, blessed be he, redeemed on Yudbeis Thomas, but also those who love the Torah and observe its commands, and so too all those who, barely, who merely bear the name Jew. Now the word kinui means actually nickname. Meaning that he was saying, even for those who are not like our ancestors, who were but merely by nickname called a Jew, and do not have the actual self-sacrifice of our ancestors for Torah mitzvahs, they too should have, may Lord our God be with us as he was with our ancestors. And by saying the, and so too all those who merely bear the name Jew, the Fidika Rebbe is the previous Rebbe was alluding to the Medrash that says, and I quote, and Solomon says before God that a king who hires workers and they do their job well, he should pay them their due wages, and this is considered a great virtue. When is the king praised? When he hires bad workers who do not do their job well and still pays them their wages, and this is a great act of kindness, and it is also said and here the Medrash quotes our verse, may the Lord our God be with us as he was with our fathers. Meaning that the Friedrich Rebbe, the previous Rebbe, wants to bring the redemption even to bad workers. Through this we can now perceive three dimensions in this verse, may Lord our God be with us as he was with our ancestors, which these three dimensions are congruent with the three dimensions mentioned previously of the unity of God. A. The Lord, which means Havaya, the ineffable tetragrammaton, becomes our God, Elokeinu, the shield upon Havaya. What does this mean? That all of our strength and our life is openly God. B, 
Lord our God, be with us. This is accentuating that man is an existence of unto his own, but nevertheless connected with God, with us. And then there's C, to neither forsake nor abandon us, that even the merely by nickname called a Jew, and are not even Lord our God, be with us, connected to God, with us, and are of the bad workers. Nevertheless, they too should at least have to neither forsake nor abandon us, that even at this lowly level, it should be obviously clear that they are not disconnected from God. It is specifically in the latter that it is expressed, this which even in the below, in their very existence of a below, their true interior existence and their very essence is godliness. It is the words of the previous Rebbe, every Jew, regardless of his present status of mitzvah observance, his heart is whole, also to mean sincere, innocent, with Torah and mitzvot. That's what the previous Rebbe said. This the Friedrich Rebbe accomplished to draw into the below and influence even those who they were Jewish, they were Jewish, those who arrested him, that even they should agree and allow for him to teach and disseminate Torah to the point that they themselves ultimately helped in his redemption. Now, Rabbi Isaac Luria the Arizal taught upon the verse in Esther remembered and celebrated. Now the word celebrated in Hebrew there is na'asim, which literally means done, reenacted. So Rabbi Isaac Luria taught on this verse that through our remembering, the day becomes reenacted. Hence, on the third of Thomas, we who are, God be with us, need not be dissuaded by the opposition of disseminating Torah and mitzvot, more so, the second interpretation of the may it be that the Lord our God be with us, the Yehi, there's another interpretation that it is not a prayer, may it be, but a promise, it will be, that God is with us. He will neither forsake nor abandon us. And that, as the Friedrich Rebbe said on the 3rd of Thomas before leaving to Kastrama, I quote, and to all of the children of Israel there will be light, spiritually and physically.